Kirk, I, listen, I don't know if it was just me, but did I see you bobbing your head during that Serbian music? Yeah, that was that little You were jam. bobbing your head. Like, we're coming off the DJ Quick Conversation, the yeah. Corrupt, the Kendrick, the and I just see you kind of bobbing your head to that uh, Serbian music. Yeah, that's the vibe at the hookah spot. <laughs> you can respect good spot. music when he that's hears it. That's the vibe at the hookah spot. You're Tell not me lying. a hookah spot that ain't got that vibe in there. You walk in You're there. You're not you lying. Like, that's... <laughs> Uh, what is uh? I'm thinking of the. Why am I forgetting the name of it? What what's is it? Um, hey, go and get the shisha. Go ahead. Wait, real quick. It. What what's the app? I don't I don't know why I'm forgetting. It. What's the app? You just uh, you open up the app and it tells you the music. I could see you Shazam. out of the movie shop. Say Shazam. Shazam yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, I could go. see you. <laughs> I could see you with Shazam on. All right, Travis and Sleewa is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. By the way, appreciate all these tweets coming in. I, I should have done a better job here on Twitter, but Drod five sixty two says Kendrick Lamar versus the game or YG. Um, okay, a couple more here. Jonathan Watson, we were talking about those documentaries you want to see. One was uh, Bruno Mars as Prince. You know, you guys saying who was going to mm. play Prince? Yeah. Stone and Bruno Mars there. You can hit us up um, at Kirk Morrison, at Alan Sliwa. And I got a lot of people when we were talking about the different iconic stadiums. There's a picture here from Mario and Norma on Twitter, and it's it shows the uh, Lakers at the Coliseum. Do you know what that's from, uh, Kirk? Uh, it shows the banners from the Lakers from the Coliseum. I'll tell you if you don't know what it's from. I, I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm gonna take a guess at it. It looks like when it says '09, I believe the Lakers won the championship, right? Uh, it, it's exactly that. So it's after they beat the Orlando Magic. Mm. I was still in SD at that time, mm. and you bet me and my cousin drove up for the parade, and it it all ended up you know accumulating over there at the Coliseum. So. Uh, pretty cool moment right there. One more that I want to read off here. Joe Arias says, Lakers at either Rucker Park or Venice Beach Court. So we talked about that. Um, Dodgers at MCU Park in Coney Island, a throwback to the Brooklyn days. That's mm. that's a really good one. That's a, good, that's a, good uh, that's a great throwback to have. Uh, and imagine if they played the Yankees there or something along those lines. How, how cool would that be? Or the Mets or something um, along those lines. And then uh, one more I want to read here. CJ Huns on... Uh, keeps this simple. Lakers at the forum. Taking the Lakers back to form. They've done preseason games there. Okay. They've had uh they've had preseason games there before. Okay, so Kirk, I, w- I want to read this off because, you know, here we are. Um it's been an interesting off season for the Lakers. Um a lot of new players uh yesterday or the day before. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, I was talking to Clinton Yates. Um you know, Lakers had the presser a couple of days ago for Russell Westbrook. So just kind of think about the vibe that's going to start here with the Lakers. And Zach Lowe uh, put out something in one of his pieces. It says, numerous GMs and coaches would draft LeBron James number one in a winner-take-all game. Here's the quote. He's still LeBron. He takes care of his body. A lot of GMs and coaches would draft him number one for a winner-take-all game. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much there. Like, I... I you know, when, if you're talking about one game, winner take all, um, you can make a case for a couple players, but I, it's not a shocker to me that people would put LeBron on the top of their list. GMs there understand, okay, wait, wait a minute, we're not looking at an 82-game grind. I don't have to pay attention to all that stuff. I know LeBron's healthy. I don't think that's too much of a shock. If you want to make an argument for other players, you can. But there's a wrinkle to the story that I want to take from it. But what, what do you does that surprise you at all that GMs and coaches would draft LeBron in a winner take all game? No, not at all. I'm not surprised because LeBron still has 
uh, that in him. He's a guy that can control the game in many different ways. He can control it if he wants to be a scorer. He can control it if he wants to be a facilitator. He can control the tempo. And so for one game, a guy that can dictate so much, I would have to lean on LeBron James. It's different than some of the other players. Uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, you could throw Steph Curry in that. There's guys, to me, that this is this is just who what they are. This is what they do. With LeBron, he can do so much that I it's it's hard for me not to put him at the top of my list. Okay, by the way, you know who else would be in that conversation? A guy like Luka, right? Even though he's just 22 Correct. years old. I mean, there, yes. there's players out there that in a one-game situation. But I, I didn't even take anything from that because I didn't think it was too much of a surprise or a shock. So we're doing our prep call earlier today, and we're having a conversation about this. And all of a sudden, you know, we started talking about LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. So you got these three stars. And I was mentioning to you that, look, I, I think the most important player this upcoming season is Anthony Davis. This is for me. The way I look at this Lakers season coming up, I, I look at LeBron is going to be in his 19th season in the league. And then you add all the playoff games, it would actually be his 22nd season because he's played 250-plus playoff games on top of the uh, uh, 18 seasons that, that he's already played. And then you look at a guy like Russell Westbrook who – in my opinion, coming into this Lakers team, this is going to be one of the few times in his career that he's not the best player on the team. He's not the second best player on the team. He's actually the third best player on the Lakers. And I don't say that that's not important and it's key because, of course, he's going to have an important role. I just look at Anthony Davis, and I've been 0 for 2 on this, Kirk. Mm. I, I, I have said over the last two years, I think this is AD's time. Like I think he's, he's going to start taking over. That that baton, it's not that LeBron's going to do less, not that LeBron wants to do less. It's just, you know, sometimes you reach a stage of your career where you start depending more on other players. And Anthony Davis, 28 years old, arguably the best two-way player in the league, can can come out of a game with three block shots and two steals and then, oh, by the way, drop 35 on you with 14 rebounds. That's Anthony Davis. One of the things that's hurt Anthony Davis so far uh, in his career he has not been one of those guys you can depend on on a night-in, night-out basis. I'm talking about playing 75 games a year mm -hmm. plus, you know, something along those lines. And also there are nights where he's there and other nights you're saying, where's AD? There, there's two things when it comes to Anthony Davis, injuries and consistency. That's why if you put in an order for me, Alan, of uh, uh, most important Lakers this year, I believe LeBron's going to be one. Got to. But number two is Russell Westbrook. I have Russell ahead of Anthony Davis. And the reason why I have it ahead of Anthony Davis is because Russell Westbrook does give me consistency. I know what I'm going to get from Russell Westbrook every single night. I don't have to, is he going to be up today? Is he going to be? No, I know what Russell Westbrook is going to give me. He is a walking triple-double. At the end of the day, I know I'm going to get points. I'm going to get assists. I'm going to get rebounds. I'm going to get intensity. I'm going to get defense. I'm going to get a lot from Russell Westbrook. From Anthony Davis, I don't know. Russell, Anthony Davis is going on year 10. This is year 10, Alan. We've been trying to do what? Hand him the torch, Right. Have we not been trying to hand him the torch to the Lakers franchise? He is going to be the guy of the future. Has he taken it yet? Does he want to take it? I don't, I don't think he can. He is who he is. He is who he is. And that's the reason why the Lakers went out and got Russell Westbrook, because 
you don't know what you're going to get from Anthony Davis for parts of the season. I know what I'm going to get from Russell Westbrook regardless of every single night all season long. So so this is why um, – by the way, if you want to chime in on this, 877-710-ESPN, between LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, most important role. Uh, who, who's got the most who, – who do you think – when it's all said and done, and I think this falls on the Anthony Davis part, do you think Anthony Davis can lead the Los Angeles Lakers as the best team on this championship roster, as the best player on this championship roster, 877-710-ESPN? Here's where I'm going to push back, Kirk. They didn't go get Russell Westbrook because AD's not there every night. I don't think that's why they did it. I think they did it because they think they need legitimately a third star because by the time last season started um, – James Harden left the Houston Rockets and went to go play in Brooklyn. Like, that's just the reality of it. The If you thought you had a championship team before, and they did, they ended up being, you know, they won in that Orlando bubble, the circumstances changed, right? They changed in a sense where two stars, even though it's LeBron and Anthony Davis, might not be good enough because James Harden, one of the top players in the league, is now going to go play with KD and he's going to play with Kyrie. And there were some reports yesterday from Malika Andrews that it may potentially be they might be working on a James Harden and a Kyrie Irving extension over there. So you might have those three guys together for a long time. That's why I thought they went out and got Russell Westbrook. That's number one. But Kirk, I got to tell you something. AD has to, if you think he's the third most important player on this team, I think we're yeah. going to have some issues. I think that's a problem. If, but, if that plays out the way you're saying, I think the Lakers would be in trouble. But Alan, why are you worrying about the Nets? Because it's, like, it's a two-race horse. That's why. Why are you worrying about the Nets? You should worry about the young conference first. How are you defend? How are you going to win your conference? See, that's what happens when I think when people look at, oh, we got to compete against the Nets because both teams are sitting at home. The Nets have things that they need to figure out too, right? Because they needed extra pieces because they didn't have enough. Kyrie went down and look what happened. We saw they lost to the Bucks, and we know what happened with the Bucks. They go out and they only won, one so. storyline comes comes from last year. <laughs> What's I, that? I, I'm I'm telling you, only one storyline. Is what? Health. That's Health. it. And so what makes this year any different? You know what um, I mean? I, what I, makes this I, year I w- any different? This year, teams are now rest- are retooling and stocking, saying injuries do happen, but we cannot let them we cannot let them affect us the way that it did. Right? Injuries happen throughout sports. Dodgers are going through it now. We saw it, right? Mm-hmm. They're going through it now. So what do they decide to do? Let's stock up. Let's move some guys around. Let's increase our pitching. We're going to find a way because that's the inevitable part of sports. If you say, I'm going to get these guys because we're going to be able to, no, that's not it. It's about working through your depth, making sure that you have guys that you can do that. That's why I think that the Russell Westbrook situation or the trade is not about competing against the Nets. I'm not worried about the Nets. The Lakers can beat the Nets. It's about competing within my own conference. It's about Luka. It's about the Mavs. It's about looking at the Suns that beat us. Oh, but AD was hurt. LeBron. It did. We still got beat up. And we never had that third option. This is the same thing in the Anthony Davis, LeBron James era. What's always been the question mark? Who is our third guy? Oh, but it's a rotational guys. It's going to be a combination of this guy and Kuzma and KCP. And, no. Come get you one so you don't have to worry about that. 
All right, when we come back, I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't worry about the West, that you should just worry about the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm also going to make a case why Anthony Davis will be not just the most important player on this team, but will actually be the guy that you're saying he hasn't been through the first nine years of his career. We're going to do that coming up next. Your phone calls as well, 877-710-ESPN. Stay right here. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show. Kirk Morrison filling in for Travis Rogers on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance at Progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Um, all right, so this doesn't happen too often, Kirk. Dodgers and the Phillies playing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like Seager just got an out, so uh, bottom of the first coming up. Uh, no scores so far. Pujols did have a single. Pollock walked, but they couldn't uh, drive anybody in. Um Kirk, as big as it gets, you know, I know this is a final game for the Dodgers against the Phillies, but they're set up pretty well. If they can win this uh, in this morning's game, you're set up with Urias, um, Walker Bueller, and uh, and Max Scherzer for that three-game set against the uh, New York Mets coming up this weekend. Um, uh, let me take one quick call here um, on this Laker topic, and uh, we'll continue our Laker conversation on Anthony Davis. Let's go to uh, Joe, Joe in the Inland Empire. Joe, what's going on? You're on uh, Travis and Sleeva Show. What's up? What's up, Alan? How you doing? What's up, Kurt? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, I just wanted to just call in real quick. Um, I feel like AD been getting a little bit too much grief. I know uh, he had a, a, a injury play season this past season, but AD is the key to everything that we do. Like, we weren't even a playoff team until AD came, so uh, I know that Adding Russ is going to be big, too. Just getting LeBron off the ball, letting him be able to move without the ball, being able to, to rim run, being able to uh, sit in the corner for a little bit, let Russ be able to pound and set AD up on the pick and rolls. The same thing he was similar, similar, similarly doing with uh, Steven Adams when he was with OKC back in the day. I just think, on both ends of the ball, AD dominates. Like, I just think this next season, everything that everybody's been saying about AD being injury plagued and street clothes, I just see him just doing exactly what he did in year one. Like, with us, I just see him really just taking Joe, I'm, 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 I'm going to jump in here, and I appreciate you calling in. And uh, Joe did the talking for me, Kirk. Like, I don't even have to mm-hmm. make a point here. That's, that's the great thing is Joe did all the talking for me. He's going to host the rest of the show. How are you going to make a point on what he just said about Anthony Davis? Um, I'm still trying to figure out his point, though. What did he actually say? What he's saying is that he's the most important player, that he's getting too much grief for getting injured. By the way, he is. That What, what happened in the playoffs, I remember coming on after the Lakers were eliminated, and I, uh, the one thing I kind of took more than anything else is – 
Is AD really trying to go in this game? Is AD feeling pressure enough from everybody else talking, oh, saying this guy, he's always injured, um, that he doesn't have, you know, questioning the pain threshold, <laughs> questioning all that. I can't tell you how much that bothered me. And then this dude tried playing five minutes, and you grit. I don't know about you, but I was grissoming every every step that he took with that pulled groin. Right. I think, Pat, that's part of the argument that some Laker fans would make is like, this dude wasn't healthy. Like, what, what did you want him to do in the playoffs? I obviously fall on the lines of, I think AD is going to have a monster season. He's going to have the time off that he needs. And oh, by the way, LeBron and Russell Westbrook are two great passers that can get him the ball. Yeah, my only thing is I just feel like with Anthony Davis, we know the kind of player that he is, right? He is, he is a major component for the Lakers. But on a night in and night out basis, the most important guy for me is going to be LeBron followed by Russell Westbrook. And at times, Russell Westbrook could be the number one. And we're talking about on an every night basis, because for me, like I said, I'm about consistency. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm about. I'm about consistency. And with Anthony Davis, have we ever had to say, you know what, we need a real Anthony Davis back in a little bit? Have you think about it, Alan? In the time that Anthony Davis has been with the Lakers, have you ever had a night where, well, we need to bring him back down a little bit? He he he's the, he's, he's too intense, or he's too on tonight. Like we need to bring him back a little bit. I, I can see that with Russell Westbrook. I can see that him being a guy that's going to come out and the Lakers are, and we got to bring, take Russ down a level because his intensity H every night is what I think the Lakers have missed out on because the Lakers only go as far as when, when LeBron and AD are engaged, come on, man, they're one of the hardest teams to beat in the NBA. But it is those nights where LeBron's not necessarily truly engaged. And when AD is just sometime, Oh, I'll be better tomorrow. Or, you know, the, I'm not going to get I don't have to worry about that with with Russell Westbrook. And that's my only big thing with him is that I've been expecting this for now 9 seasons. 9 seasons. And I think Laker fans are expecting that at some point LeBron may be gone. And is Anthony Davis truly the star that is going to take you into the next years of Laker basketball? I, I would say this. I would say this, Kirk. I, I don't think the life after LeBron James, I don't think anyone can kind of predict that yet. Um, but I will say coming up in this, and you said something earlier about Cody Bellinger that I think this is, okay, maybe it's not the best comp, but I'll, I'll do my best on it. You perform at a level to where then people, your expectations are just, what, what do you mean you only had 22 tonight and eight rebounds or nine rebounds? <laughs> right. No, no, no. Um, you're supposed to have 30 and 12 and three block shots and be a force on the other end like Dortmund. That's the expectations that Anthony Davis has created for himself because he is so great. If there's one right. thing I could take from from you know something that you mentioned there, and I think a lot of Laker fans would share this sentiment, you want to know every single night AD is there's just no answer. I don't know what you want me to tell you. I, this is right. seven games in a row where this dude's 35 plus. You know, Joel Embiid might have yes. stretches like that. Shaquille O'Neal mm-hmm. might have stretches like that. Like, there's big men that you kind of think of where they go through this stretch and you're like, this dude. I don't know how anybody in the league is going to stop him. And I think you fall more along the line. Can I just see more of it on a consistent basis over a spread of a month, two months, three months, something along those lines? I mean, you look at the look at Giannis, the Finals MVP. Mm-hmm. What what do we expect from Giannis every single night now? We expect Giannis to play great defense. He's going to be consistent. Um, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get at the free throw line. Yep. But he's consistent. You know what you're going to get every single night. 
And I think with Anthony Davis, you get those games and you're like, whew, okay. And then you'll have a game or two in a row and you're like, whoa, what's up with AD? Mm-hmm. Right, where did like, AD go? AD? But I, I, and you're Kirk, like, he's, he's not allowed to have those games, I think. That's, that, that's our point. You, you mentioned something about you got to be worried about the – don't worry about the West, bro. Don't worry about the West. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't worry about, about the West. West. This, is the only re- this is the only thing I would worry about in the Western Conference. Where are you from? The Bay Area, right? Absolutely. If those Golden State Warriors go shop all these players, these extra pieces that they have and some of that youth and go get themselves another all-star, then I'm worried about the Western Conference because until that happens, and that's not to say, you know, Clay is one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA, plays two ways. That's not saying that Clay, Steph, and Draymond can't put up a fight. But they need another player. If they go get another player, you know, unfortunately for the Clippers, you got Kawhi that's out you, you, for a certain amount of time. God bless Luka, but there's only so much one player can do on the Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Yes, Utah and Phoenix are nice, but if you look at star power, Lakers got the star power. That doesn't mean you know these other teams can't go out and make a move. But I, I just look at the NBA. I think it's a two horse race: the Lakers and the Nets, unless somebody else does anything else. Yeah, well, like I said, with 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 the Lakers, I uh, I just want to see it first. I just want to see what it looks like, honestly, because on paper it looks good. But I thought I thought the same thing last year though too. Coming off of a championship in the bubble, I thought it was going to be a situation again, Alan. Right? Mm-hmm. Of here we go again, and you saw the struggles during the season, and then all of a sudden when you got to the playoffs, we were like, okay, they can turn it on, and then the injuries hit. And they got walked off the court by the Phoenix Suns. It just didn't sit well with me. And that one, that, that's a scar that is hard to get over for me, Alan. I'm going to let Chris in California City go real quick here on this uh, Anthony Davis chatter. Chris, what's going on? You're on uh, Travis and Sleeva show. Thank you for taking my call, fellas. How are you doing this morning? Doing good, brother. What, what's, uh, what's your take on this? Okay. Um, I, I, my opinion is I always will believe that AD is going to be a number two. And I think that when LeBron is off the floor, I think him and Westbrook, I think there's going to be a little bit of magic there. I, I just have a gut feeling about that. And I got another thing to say about the first West Coast thing. I think if you put MCA versus DJ Quick because of the beef they used to have, I think that would be a really good first match. Chris, appreciate you calling in, man. Appreciate you calling in. One quick update on the Dodgers game. Bryce, Home, uh, Bryce Harper has homered, so it's one nothing Philadelphia. Um, when we come back, Kirk, we do something called fourth and four. All right, we're gonna Emily's gonna bring up some topics. You can either punt or you can go for it. So that's fourth and four. And in ten minutes, we got to get into Isaiah Thomas, former Los Angeles Laker, really kind of emotional video that came up with him after scoring eighty-one points in one of these summer leagues, and maybe some conversation. At least Mark Stein reported that Lakers might have some interest in Isaiah Thomas. That's coming up in 10 minutes, but coming up next, fourth and four. Stay right here, Travis and Sliwa. Kirk Morrison filling in for Travis on 710 ESPN. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Kirk, I don't know if you know this. Kirk, uh, Funch, I almost kind of forgot. What, what did we say? There was a drink called a creeper? This was like two, three months ago. <laughs> I, I forgot. Yeah, it was a drink that creeps on you. It wasn't a drink that, oh, that actually is called a creep. Yeah, yeah. Like an actual Chris, the way Chris set that up, Morales set that up, it sounds like we're ordering a drink called the Creeper. Like, hey, let me get a uh, Creeper on the rocks. Not a good drink. <laughs> That's Not a believable drink name, drink name though. <laughs> All right, let's do some fact or cap. By the way, we'll talk Isaiah Thomas coming up in about ten minutes. If that would be a good fit for the Lakers, Emily, floor is yours. 
It is actually fourth and four, so hit it, Funch. Oh, yeah. Sorry, fourth and four. It's my fault. All my right. Fault, right. We're getting close to the uh, NFL season, and so we're going to redo this with some fourth and four. So I'm going to give you a statement, and then if you agree with me, if you think it's gonna, it's a good thing, you're going to go for it. If you disagree, you're going to punt, okay? Okay. All righty. So the first one up. The Jets should go after Nick Foles, and he will be the starting quarterback of week one of Jets season. Uh, Kirk, punt or go oh, for it. You got to punt that. Come on, man. The Jets went out and grabbed Zach Wilson. They trade away USC. Sam Darnold It's going to be Zach Wilson to be their starter. I don't know why people are so big on Nick Foles. Nick Foles is like a carton of milk. Okay? It's good for a while, but it always has an expiration date. Like, think about it. It always goes bad at some point. Nick Foles tastes good for a while, for a little bit, and it's great. And then all of a sudden, it goes down the drain. It's bad. It turns sour. Last year, same thing. Mitch Trubisky had to come back after being benched for Nick Foles. They, Nick Foles was so bad that they ended up replacing Foles with Mitch Trubisky, who started their playoff game last year. I'm sorry. I got to punt this. All right, Kirk, listen, I don't know if you think you have this like NFL resume and you know what you're doing, any of that stuff. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to go for it because I'm going to use the same analogy that you have right oh here. You might get your milk that gets spoiled every two weeks or whatever the case is, but let me tell you something. You got to have milk in the fridge. You got to have something that's consistent there. Anytime you might need that milk, and I'm going to tell you something about the Jets. They have been one of the worst franchises in the NFL for quite a while now. If there's yes. one thing Nick Foles can bring – Hey, he's got a little bit of a history of winning in big moments. Not that the Jets will ever be in a big moment. I don't know if my case was good enough, but I just decided I'm going to go opposite of you. <laughs> Give me the milk. It might spoil, but I, I need some damn milk in that refrigerator. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is almond milk. It lasts a little longer. <laughs> you don't even have to refrigerate it. You don't even have to refrigerate it. By the way, that that can you play that sound again? What you just played. That was actually Kirk taking down somebody a couple different times. We spliced all those highlights together. That was Kirk Morrison right there. All right, what else Appreciate you got? It. All right. Uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. will be the starting running back coming the first week of the season. Alan, this is a punt or go for it? Um, well, Kirk, we were talking a little bit about this earlier. We are prepping for the show, and obviously mm-hmm. the storyline is Cam Akers, and because Cam Akers is out, how much is that going to affect the Los Angeles Rams? So I- I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go for it on this one, that he will not only be the starter, but somebody that you could depend on as well. I'll go for it on this front. Daryl Henderson will pick up any slack. Yeah, I'm, I'm going for this one. This is pretty easy, Emily. you got to go for it, because when Sean McVay says Daryl Henderson Jr. will not see the field during the preseason – that just tells me I've seen enough. He mm-hmm. is our main saving guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're saving him for the regular season. And I'm going to be real with you. There were more times than not than last than last year that I felt that Daryl Henderson was actually the best back on the team. Now, Cam Akers was a high draft pick. They played him. And down the stretch, Cam Akers truly came into his own as a player. That's why people were excited for him this upcoming season. But Daryl Henderson, I felt like, has never had the true opportunity to be the lead back, to be the big dog. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Now, that being said, I'm going to look at some of these backup guys who will be playing a lot of football this weekend. Remember this name, Emily, Jake Funk. Jake fighting the funk. Running back out of Maryland is going to get a ton of carries this weekend for the Rams. He got the funk. All right. So – 
we talked about this in a previous show where there was a ugly photo of Peyton Manning next to Tom Brady, but there was more <laughs> pictures from the Hall of Fame night. So uh, I'm not sure if you guys have seen it. I'm sure you have. Tom Brady had a picture with Tony Dungy and their eyes are just bulging out. They look so creepy. So my statement is, Tom Brady and Tony Dungy's photo together, they look like someone you would not want to see at the end of your hall in a hall in a hotel. <laughs> All right, kinda, Kirk, punt kinda. or go for it. Um, yeah. oh, God, this is a hard we'll one. Looks scarier on this one. I'm looking at looking the photo at the now. Right now. Um, I would punt it. I, they look a little creepy for me, but it, it's. I think the funny part about the whole thing is that. Not necessarily funny, too, because I actually – Tom Brady took time off from training camp to fly up to Canton to be at, Tom, at at Peyton Manning's Hall of Fame induction. Sure. So the amount of respect that one has to have – like Alan Sliwa, if I told a coach, hey, I'm about to go up to Canton and go see my buddy get inducted into the Hall of Fame, I don't think that – like I'm not sure. Did, did Matthew Stafford – I don't believe Matthew Stafford took time away from Rams camp to go up to see Calvin Johnson, who was inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend. And we know pretty much Calvin Johnson's a majority of his career, his quarterback was Matthew Stafford. So I think that's the bigger issue of where a guy with status of a Tom Brady said, hey, I'll take a day off, go to Canton, whereas Matthew Stafford stayed at home. You know what this tells me? This tells exactly. me that Tom Brady isn't committed anymore. You know what I mean, Kirk? I mean, <laughs> oh, if, if Stafford is going out of his way and is taking training camp serious, and here's yeah. Tom Brady now all of a sudden, well, he's got seven Super Bowls. He doesn't think oh, he yeah. needs to do the same thing that he used to do in the past. Uh, I feel like he's given – no, okay, let me just say something about this photo. Um, anytime your eyes in a photo are just opened up too much wide, not a good look. All right? Not a good look. Or Both it could Dungy be the flash, Tom- right? Could it be the flash? Because everybody's uh, taking that picture where that flash hits you, and you're like, the "Whoa!" Eyes with the smile too. Their smiles. Are eyes with the smile. That's a good point. And it's mm. it's Tom Brady here. Everywhere this guy goes, there's that flash. There's those photos coming in. But Alan, the photos kind of comedy. Though. Alan, yeah. Emily, and, and Funches. I do got a question. Do you guys have a camera face? Like when you're at a place and you know you got to take a ton of pictures. Yep. Is there like a go-to face that you make? Like I have a go-to face. Like when people go, you just like. You know what I mean? Like, because you have to do it over and over and over again. Is that they're like, you know, probably their hundredth picture? I know what you mean, Morrison. Yeah, I got one too. It's like a soft smile. Not a real <laughs> smile, but like a soft smile. It's like, okay, I'm happy to be here. I'm not fully engaged in this picture, but I will take the picture. I think we've all had that before. I think I, he may have had a little bit too much avocado tequila. Maybe that's what really got him that time. I am the worst at photos because I know it's coming. So all mm-hmm. of a sudden, because I know it's coming, it just becomes awkward. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> can I just get, get like the camera face? You I know your camera face, Lee. But but isn't that isn't that funny, Kirk? Is like there there'll be at times you'll just be sitting there and you're saying to yourself, it's like, all right, uh, photos coming. You know, smile for the camera. I'm like, that ain't natural. That ain't natural at all. <laughs> it's the last thing that you want to see. So that's what we got right there. All right, my last one is there will be two. 11-plus win teams in the NFC West this year. Allen, punt or go for it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. I'm going to go for it. Obviously now 17 games, so the mm-hmm. chances again to 11 is, uh, is more likely. 
And I know as much as the division just continues to beat up on themselves and, and there's really no free pass with uh, with all four of the teams, I, I still think, Kirk, I, I think you're going to get two teams coming out of the NFC West with 11 games. What do you think? 11 wins. Mm, I am going to go for this. But I think I even raise you up a bar here. I you're not throwing may, three in there, are you? I may throw three in here. That extra game does a lot for me, Emily. And the reason why is that last year – the Seahawks won the division at 12 and 4. Rams were at 10 and 6. You throw in the extra game, and I think with the way the 49ers have built their roster, same with the Arizona Cardinals, I can honestly see three teams making the playoffs from the NFC West for sure. But the 11 win teams, I think you can get three of those because of the. Think about it. If the C or the Rams, just the Rams go 13 and 4, I can see. Seattle going 12 and 5 and then 11 and 6 for either the Cardinals or 49ers. I think it's a realistic possibility that we can get three teams with 11 wins cuz I don't think that the rest of the NFC outside of really what Tampa and Green Bay who's really competing with the NFC West. All right, that is uh that's our fourth and four right there. Emily great stuff. It kind of gets you start hearing that music uh Kirk. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have to promote uh, NFL football to you. I know how excited you are, but it gets us some of these casual fans that in playing the league uh, excited about the upcoming season. When we come back, two things I want to do. Number one, Isaiah Thomas, would he be a good fit with the Los Angeles Lakers? Uh, and number two, the Los Angeles Dodgers are playing right now against the Phillies. Still one nothing, I believe. Bryce Hopper has a, a solo home run. And the conversation about the Dodgers, uh, Cody Bellinger starting to play some good baseball. How key, how important is that in this NFC or NFC, NL West race between the Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants? We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. The Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. All right, Dodgers and the Phillies are playing their final game of this three-game set. Dodgers already took the first two. It's one nothing Philadelphia, top of the third. Um, you know, one thing to kind of keep in mind, Kirk, as we uh, get through the rest of the show here, anything that happens, got the game cast on here. Emily's watching it. We'll keep you guys posted on the game. Uh, Travis and Sleeve Show is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. So, Kirk, I think what one of the things we learned during the break was – Matt Stafford is also non-committal to the Los Angeles Rams, and he did go to the Hall of Fame speech. So now you got two quarterbacks that have a lot of expectations that looks like they're giving up on their team here. I don't know how I missed that. I forgot that the Rams actually, Mike McCarthy and Sean McVay both talk. So the Cowboys head coach and the Rams head coach, they moved their scrimmage up from Sunday to Saturday Hmm. last week so that Matthew Stafford could go. I forgot about this. It just slipped my mind. I forgot that he was there. I I actually didn't watch the speeches from the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. because I, I was able to watch some, not all, because um, I'll watch them later on. Cause I Were you too like busy hanging out with Aaron Rodgers? Is that really why? Like, that's <laughs> no. why. Yeah, I wasn't with time, A-Rod. A-Rod is for, different, uh, man. A-Rod is a, is a guy, yeah. man. He is, uh, he is Green Bay through and through, man. He is, mm-hmm. He's a dude. He's different. He's a, it's a different aura when you're around certain players. I, I think, Alan, you know that. Like Certain guys walk in, and they have this presence where – they don't even have to say anything, but yet you know they're there. Mm-hmm. You're like, man, something feels different. In the, oh, there you go. And you look, and it's like there's a guy there. It's like the energy is different. This is just more recent, and I'll tie this back to the Lakers for a quick second. I told you, yeah. a couple of days ago, presser back down at mm-hmm. Staples Center. You know, we got a chance to do it from the um, from the media room. We haven't been there in a year and a half. Yeah. Look, doors open, Russell Westbrook comes in. Yeah, you're churning your head. That's Russell Westbrook, you know? So yes. I, I think kind of to play off of what you just said, but I, I want to get this in real quick because 
Um, Isaiah Thomas, this is a story the last couple of days. He dropped 81 points in the Seattle Pro-Am. So there's a lot of these summer leagues going on. Kirk, I don't know if you've been in the past, but Drew League is obviously the popular one out here. So he drops 81, and there was a, a video that went out on uh, obviously all, every social media platform, and it was it was interesting. It was Isaiah Thomas sitting on the floor, towel or jersey, something over his head, and he's emotional. You know, he's uh, he's crying and he's saying certain things. He came out later with um, uh, a message on whether it was Twitter, or Instagram, whatever the case is. That emotion was tied up from the last four years battling every single day. I ain't talking about the league giving up on me because that was one of the things that he said. The world gave up on me and was ishing on me while I was down and out. When you love something, you'll do whatever it takes to get that. Uh, I'm back. So he's talking about his injuries, the kind of the road that he's had. The reason why I bring this up on Isaiah Thomas, first of all, if you haven't seen the video, uh, I think anybody with a heart will have feeling towards Isaiah Thomas and in that moment and what the emotions going through, somebody that just loves the game of basketball and obviously wants to do everything he can to play consistently on a team in the NBA again. But Mark Stein put out something that I thought was interesting, a tweet. Says the Lakers, among various free agent candidates uh, they are still considering, have weighed the potential signing of Isaiah Thomas, league sources say. Kirk, I know that's a lot. I'm tying that mm-hmm. 81 points, summer league, emotional video, his response, and then the Mark Stein tweet. What do you kind of take away? Do you think Isaiah Thomas would be, Lakers have three roster spots, a good fit for the Lakers? Or um, no, you know what? You're chasing a championship. That That's not going to be the piece that helps you. Would he be a good piece? I don't know what he what, what what he can do. I think that the Lakers have seen him. They yeah, know buckets, what he can do. That's what he'll do. Mm-hmm. Well, you would hope so, but I think it's just difficult too that all players go through. Um, you go through. I know I went through this, where physically you feel like I can still do it, and mentally you feel like you can still do it, but yet the, it's not about. It's not up to me. It's no, no matter what you put into the game, it's not up to you. I mean, I guys right now who are currently free agents who give give uh everything that they got to their game basketball nfl mlb and they just want that opportunity again mm-hmm. because when you're at the highest of highs like isaiah thomas was and he could do no wrong and then he got injured and he played through injury and all of a sudden his stock went down and that's what people are going to criticize that we don't remember you being good. We just remember you now not being the guy who you once was. And no one and, and no one wants to take a, a piece of that anymore. And I think for him to go out and play in these summer leagues and I mean, you know, these, uh, you know, the true leagues and all that. And for him to go out there and score points, he's like, look, man, I can do it. Just give me a shot. Mm-hmm. But then you got to look at it from a team perspective. I'm always going to be pro player, Alan, but I look at it from what the team is saying is that we need these spots on our roster. And not only it could be a spot where we can develop a person, but it also could be a spot that we actually really need. Mm-hmm. Is Isaiah Thomas truly a need? Is he a need on your team right now? Or is it a good story? Because sometimes we, we, we root for the good story, but it may not be what's best for the team. And I think I, that's I, where it's, mm-hmm. it's caught up right now. Kirk, I will say this. The way the Lakers have kind of assembled this team, they got a lot of guys with a chip on their shoulder. They got a lot of guys that are chasing a championship. They got a lot of guys that, hey, just give me another opportunity to go get a ring. And I'm not saying they should go give that spot to Isaiah Thomas tomorrow because there are other guys out there. Wesley Matthews, Avery Bradley, Mm -hmm. Paul Millsap, J.J. Redick. 
Patrick Patterson. So there are other guys Lakers can fill up the roster with. But I, I will tell you, if you're looking for somebody motivated, damn, go watch that video again. That's not somebody that is you know approaching each day and wasting time. That's somebody that's really trying to take advantage if that opportunity presents itself. We'll see what happens with Isaiah Thomas. Quick update on the Dodgers and the Phillies. It's one nothing. Top of the third, uh, and just a quick reminder here. So what do the Dodgers have going for them? Still battling against the San Francisco Giants. Still four games behind the San Francisco Giants. Oh, by the way, Giants have four games. Their next four games are against the Colorado Rockies at home. The Rockies have the worst road record in Major League Baseball. So San Francisco is going to try and feast over these next four. For the Dodgers, the good thing is after this game against the Phillies, Urias, Bueller, and Scherzer is your three-game matchup against the Mets over the weekend. We come back. The dump. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Alan Sliwa and Kirk Morrison. If you missed any part of the show, um, you can catch it on the podcast, ESPN app, or on iTunes. Just search Travis and Sliwa. Uh, okay, Kirk, here's what we got here. You know, unfortunately, Shohei Otani makes a lot of appearances on the show, but it's towards the end of the show when we're kind of <laughs> cramming in some of these stories that we didn't get a chance to get into. Uh, he finally broke his 11-game no-home-run streak. And, you know, I, I kind of look at this in, in an interesting way for Shohei and, and the conversation. There was actually an article this morning. I want to say it was on ESPN trying to make sure you can afford all these guys and how you're going to deal with Shohei's contract. Well, you figure it out if you're the Angels or you're going to become right. completely irrelevant. Unfortunately, we're at a time where because they're out of the race, you're going to hear Otani's name less and less. Here's a question here that I thought Emily brought up that was a good point. So, Shohei, the runaway MVP, or should Vlad uh, Guerrero Jr. get a chance to have some talk in that conversation? It's an easy answer for me. What would you say? I'm just thinking about just overall, like, Shohei for me right now, Alan, is a great story, but it has no substance because he's just out there playing. You go show up, it's like, um, uh, I don't know, one of those NBA players that just play for a really bad team. Yep, and you go out there every single, and you and you're going there just to watch him, but yet his career may fall short because he's never had the validation of playing in the postseason. That's where he needs to be at, and so it's unfortunate that even though he's a great draw, he's not doing anything in the postseason. Okay, so here's the issue: he can't control that. So let, let's just have this <laughs> conversation. Should MVP go to a great player? on a bad team. And I'm a big one on this. I'm not a fan of in the mm-hmm. NBA there was conversation, look what Bradley Bills, you know, it's like looking at guys Washington or something. No, no, no. Your squad's got to perform. Here's the here's the outlier with Shohei Otani. The dude will come in and throw a 95 mile per hour fastball and then in the next inning he'll take a bat and hit one 494 feet out. What he's doing is so remarkable and he's been great at both a pitcher and a hitter. As much as we can have kind of conversations about, well, you know, it's not relevant because he's not in the postseason, not playing in meaningful games, I'm the first one to say it because I agree with that. Shohei is such an outlier in this conversation because of what he's doing this year. But Vlad Guerrero Jr. is actually winning games, and his team is winning games because of Vlad Guerrero Jr. Okay, I'm going to ask both of you. You're giving away the MVP. (laughs) Who are you giving it to? Vladimir Uh, Guerrero, or are you giving it to Shohei? Oh, God. I'll I gotta see the end of the season. I gotta. I'll give the Shohei only because Vlad Guerrero is gonna win the uh, probably a World Series MVP. <laughs> What's better, World Series MVP or regular season MVP? 
by the way, just in their division, they're still six and a half back, so it's not like you know they're dominating. They are 11 games over 500, but man, if there's ever a year you cannot take something away or credit away, <laughs> this would be the year. Okay, we got to keep moving on here. Um, this is uh, an interesting one, and I want you, Kirk, to give a little bit of the backstory here. So J.R. Smith will pursue his degree at NCANT and will be eligible to play golf for the team. Uh, talk to me here. Can you give that story? Because this J.R. Smith thing is such a unique thing. We're talking about Laker roster spots. You're not talking about J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith's got something else in mind. Yeah, but I, you know, I caught wind of this about six months ago, so this has been on the radar for a while, and you saw it with Chris Paul, Steph Curry, now J.R. Smith. Remember, uh, just the attention to the historical black colleges and universities, the HBCUs. We saw guys wearing different shoes and uh, apparel to get more attention to the HBCU. And J.R. Smith, a guy who never went to college, actually has college eligibility left. And so he decided, like, I'll go to North Carolina A&T to a historical black college and play golf and be on the golf team. And I can pay my own way. I don't need a scholarship. So I think this is interesting. It's drawing attention to the HBCU. But also, J.R. Smith fell in love with golf 12 years ago. He's been playing. And look, if I can go back, I probably would play for the, uh, on the golf team. I'll try to be a dual scholarship guy. Because the golf is definitely a game that I picked up uh, more so. I played a lot when I was an active player. I took some time off, but being back on it, I feel the bug that J.R. Smith has gotten. Bro, let me tell you something. If you're teeing off at 530 in the morning, that's no joke right there. That's Kirk Morrison doing some work. Uh, one more I want to get into. Were you a big MTV uh, Cribs guy back in the days? Absolutely. Loved okay. MTV Cribs. Okay, so that's coming back. Uh, it's been 15 years. Is that right? It's been 15 years since MTV Cribs. Okay, so here's my question for you. Um, any specific athlete or person you want to see, uh, you, you want them to do an episode with? Maybe it's their personality. Maybe it's because they're such a baller and you can only imagine the type of home that they have. Anybody come to mind for you? Two people. Alex Rodriguez. I want to see what he's got going on. Okay, and Tiger Woods. Tiger yep. Woods has got these palatial estates. A-Rod's like got a beautiful three-bed, yes. two-bath, 1,500-square-feet <laughs> in Echo Park area. I, I've yeah. seen it before. It's really big. Doesn't so, he have, like, a picture of him, like, a painting of him, like a centaur or something? <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> uh, I think you're right. Yeah, those two guys. Um, even LeBron. I mean, I know LeBron's got a couple little things, but just yeah. watching the Space Jam 2 with my daughter, she's like, oh, I like LeBron. So she's a big LeBron James fan. LeBron, so, again, another 2,400-square-foot home, three-bed, yeah. two-bath. Uh, okay, <laughs> by, by the way, I, I got one. Um, AD, this was a couple months ago, came out, bought a $31 million house in Bel, uh, Bel Air. Yeah, I'll Ooh. go ahead and take a – let's take a quick look at that one from a Cribs perspective. Um, Kirk, good stuff, bro. Two hours fly. Uh, appreciate it. We're back on tomorrow, so looking forward to that. Um, everybody that was a part of the show, everybody called in. We thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, tomorrow morning, starting at 8.55, Travis and Sliwa Show, Kirk Morrison filling in. Have a great rest of your day.